Well, believe it or not, it is time for actual baseball that counts. It's time for this podcast to start finally, and uh, we don't have to wait till July this year for actual baseball. It feels good, even though we're going to be sitting in, well, some of us will be sitting in 30-degree weather watching baseball uh, this month. Others will be enjoying much warmer weather watching baseball still. Uh, I'm Justin Ladd. This is Smoke Signals, and we have a roundtable episode for the season preview. I've got... Joe Kobitz, always in Arizona with me. Joe, how you doing? I'm good. You'll be the one person not watching baseball in 30-degree weather this month? Yeah, no, it was pretty close uh, about a week ago. Uh, it finally warmed up, though. Oh, darn, we feel so bad for you. We've also got Willie. Willie's back on for the first time in a month. Willie, how you doing? Doing good. Thanks for having me back. Good to have you back, and of course, Spencer's been on with me for the last couple episodes. Spencer, are you ready to dig into some opening day previews and predictions? Did you bring your hot takes? Oh, I got it, buddy. (laughs) All right, well, we'll just get right to it then. This episode's just going to be straight up talking about the Indians uh, preview, what's going to happen this year. Why don't we start with the hottest topic? Um, Our season previews are up at IndiansBaseballInsider.com, along with a bunch of other preview content, including uh, the prospect scouting reports, which William and Joe did a great job on helping me out with, and then uh, the season preview series that Spencer helped me out with on each player. Let's start with the weirdest thing that had happened all spring. We finally find out, found out that Jake Bowers won the first base job, quote-unquote won the first base job, um, over Bobby Bradley, mostly because he was out of options. And Bobby Bradley will be uh, – Terry Francona said this is not the last we've seen Bobby Bradley. So we'll go around to start with questions. Joe, as one of the leaders of the Bobby Bradley fan club, what are your thoughts on how the first base race turned out? And do you think that Jake Bowers will be the first baseman by the end of the year? No. Uh, <laughs> I, obviously, I – I don't like them pushing beyond Bradley again. I we see this over and over again, and I I don't want to harp back on like Jesus Aguilar or Neandy Diaz and stuff. It just seems like there's been so many guys that they haven't given a legitimate shot to, and I believe Bradley has not been given a legitimate shot yet. And then they go, "Oh, he can't do it because he hasn't done it yet." And it's like, "Well, you never tried," and then they move on. And so I'd really. Like, I prefer go for the high ceiling over the low floor or over the high floor guy. And, and, and as it stands, Yu Chang is going to be playing first base. It's like, <laughs> I, I don't That's know. That's weird. It is. Yeah. It, yeah. It's like if you could, if you had room on the roster for all of these guys, you couldn't find room for Bradley. You can't play Reyes in the outfield once a week or something. I figured this out and find a way to have him on the roster. It's a bit upsetting. Yeah, they, they certainly could have been a little more creative. So you don't you think that obviously Bowers will not be the first baseman come the end of the season? When do you think that change happens? Um, I it could be a service time thing. We'd see in, the, in that case would be like early June. Uh, I mean, I guess if he completely falls flat, then I could see him making a move sooner. But I wouldn't expect it before June. 
Yeah, I would agree with that as well. Willie, what, what were your thoughts on how the first base situation turned out and, and who do you who do you think is going to be the first baseman by the end of the season? Well, by the end of the season, I think things will transition to Bobby Bradley and he'll finally get that chance come June. Um, I think we'll see a couple of months of Jake Bowers um, hitting ability or lack thereof. Um, you know, I, I know a lot of people are saying Bobby Bradley's not getting an opportunity. I guess the same thing goes for Jake Bowers. I'll be the devil, devil's advocate for just a moment and uh, say, well, he is 25, just kind of like guys like Urshela and Yandy Diaz and uh, Jesus Aguilar that were young guys that they moved on from too soon. So I think they're more scared than anything, and this shows a very conservative approach to releasing a young guy that they kind of staked a lot on whenever they made that deal bringing him in. Um, this is just kind of covering themselves. And really, when it comes down to it, uh, kind of as Joe alluded to, Bobby Bradley is a, is a low ceiling type of guy to bring in. So you're really not going to change much with your outcomes, I think. Bobby Bradley may put up sexier numbers in the home run department and in the power department. But um, end of day, I think you get similar results with either of the two guys. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. I think Bob Bradley and Bowers are the same age. Bowers had one full season with the Indians and a half with Tampa Bay. So I wouldn't say it's like Bowers has gotten years of playing time and you know what he is. I think there's still a chance he could be better, but definitely Bradley has the higher range of outcomes. There's just more a lower floor. But given where the roster is, it might make sense just to try that out that way. Spencer, I believe – you have a different answer for who is going to end the season at first base. Why don't you tell us why oh, that I is? I just picked Nolan Jones for the simple fact is I think he's going to hit the crap out of the ball in the minors whenever that starts, and they'll have to find him a position. Um, and, like, Bobby Bradley could end up still struggling in the majors, too, like when he came up the first time. I personally don't think Bowers is a major league first baseman. Like, defensive-wise, yes, but – his bat, like you guys said, is, you know, very subpar. It's not going to add any real value to this team. So I just swung for it and said, hey, why not get Nolan Jones at bats somewhere? Depends on how the outfield goes, but I still think he makes this team somewhere at the end of the season. So in that scenario, if Nolan Jones becomes the first baseman, let's say uh-huh. by July, what, what, what becomes of Bobby Bradley? Because at that point, you're probably cutting it with Jake Bowers – and you're skipping over Robbie Bradley and going to Nolan Jones. So what does that tell you, or what do you think happens to Bobby well, Bradley? Well, it very point? well could happen where they both just, at, you know, struggle at the plate mightily. Uh, you know, Bowers won't struggle. Like, he'll take his walks, but he won't hit at all or add production or drive in runs. And while Bobby Bradley could drive in runs and hit home runs, he could also hit a buck 82. Neither of those are very productive for a team that's still at least trying to compete a little bit. So they could just have very much – like two two month headaches with both guys so i mean i'm not saying that's what happens but you could run into a third alternative and what happens then are you going to play yu chang every day at first base yeah that that really surprised me they're basically going to have a platoon between chang and, and bowers at first base that almost takes away from your ability to see jake bowers like if you're going to play if you're gonna if you're gonna platoon to first base, you're cutting his at bats at half, and your time to see him at hands. Very odd and counterproductive. That's the way they want to go. I think it makes sense for them to see both of them this year. 
if I, I have doubts that Nolan Jones is going to be up this year, just with the way they constructed this roster. It, you know, they, we talked a lot at this spring about how they forced Daniel Johnson out of a chance to make the team. And I feel like we haven't discussed the impact on Nolan Jones yet because he's not going to play third base here. And now it looks like he won't play right field if they're committed to Josh Naylor out there. And if they want to see both Bowers and Bradley this season, that's the other spot for Nolan Jones. So not only do you not see Daniel Johnson this year, you also don't see Nolan Jones this year uh, unless, it, you know, Spencer's scenario plays out. I think that's very strange for a team that has a lot of guys to figure out positions on. Let's swing around to center field. That was the other spot in camp that uh, turned out not the way anybody thought when camp opened. Um, Joe, who do you who do you think ends the season at center field and why? I think I threw Oscar Mercado on that one. I I really I mean I guess Daniel Johnson is would be my preference, but uh, for some reason, corner. I just I don't see <laughs> like there's not a, a great center fielder in the Indians upper minors still. And there's certainly not one on the team on the roster right now. So if you're going to do something like uh, Nolan Jones in a corner outfield position, maybe, uh, you know, it, it's hard <laughs> kind of like piecing together this group. There's really no good answer that I like. Yeah. Center field is so bad. And this is not a knock on Stephen Kwan because I think he's a nice prospect, but on a piece that you and I and Willie did about the, who we think the 2024 lineup is going to be. You had Stephen Kwan in center field. And again, capable center fielder, probably a low four hitter, but that's how bad center field is, is you didn't project anybody else in the system well, and I think, to be able to play center field by 2024. You had him. But I think you you may have put Valera there, and I've seen Valera play enough defensively that I don't think he's going to stick in center. That's so true. I could be wrong. I'm not going to that's say I, I know anything I just don't see him so I see like Quan as a good defender who's a light hitter you know at least he could eventually but I don't think this year yeah I mean a good a good scenario the fact the fact that they don't have a better center fielder that we felt like or the reason they're still playing Valera out there right is that they don't believe they have another option that says well we can afford to keep him in a corner that we have to try it in center because our options are so yeah so I, that's basically what it says yeah me. so at some combination of Mercado and Johnson I'll stick with that. That's been a uh, – you were actually the only one that answered Oscar Mercado, surprisingly enough. That kind of says how far he has fallen. Well, I'm looking at uh, – Willie, you and I had actually <laughs> – I'm looking at the biggest disappointment list that you may get to later. <laughs> and he's on there twice. Yeah, we will get there. And, and <laughs> yeah, it's, it's strange how far he has fallen. So, Willie Spencer and I all had – Ahmed Rosario. So, Willie, why don't you tell us first why you think Ahmed Rosario is going to survive the year in center field for Cleveland? Well, to be honest with you, Justin, I almost wrote other there, but since other isn't on the team yet, I couldn't. Um, I think they'll stick with Rosario to see what they have with him. I think that they want to see the athleticism. Um, It's definitely going to take time, and really, it's a hole um, that you could plug a number of names in. We know Ben Gamble and Bradley Zimmer aren't the answer. I don't think Mercado is at this point either. I think he's lost at the plate, and hence my inclusion of him as biggest disappointment. Um, but I think Rosario will get his run out there this year. 
and they'll see what they have with him. Spencer, do you agree with that? You think that's why he'll st- stick out there, or do you actually have a different so, theory? So, I mean, I was sort of in the same boat. I mean, I could have just, like, flipped a coin and threw someone out there. But uh, I think Rosario gets the at-bats. Um, he's obviously going to platoon with Gamble. I think this would actually come down to what would my, like, opening day, you know, 2022 roster be? And I think Daniel Johnson would be in center field. And I think Ahmad Rosario would be at second base. So if I gave you a real answer, that's what the real answer would be. I don't know. I think they're going to patch center field together this year between Rosario and like Zimmer and Mercado and Gamble. I don't think there's going to be like 600 at bats, 500 at bats from one guy. So who who starts the most games in center field Rosario. this year? Rosario. Ben Spencer. I still think. I mean, he's he's the, he's okay. the best baseball Willie? player. Rosario will start the most there. Joe, you still think? Okay, not just who ends the year in center field, but who has the most. Game starting in center field, Joe. Are you still sticking with Mercado? Yeah, I think I will. I, I was not impressed in spring training. I hate to put too much emphasis on that. On Rosario. That's fair, but you saw, you saw more spring training games than the rest of us, so that's fair. I I said Rosario as well, and the only reason I said Rosario was because, like the rest of you, I, I said I wanted to put someone not in the organization ends the year in center field. But I think my head would explode if they go outside the organization and they acquire someone else to play center field and just say Daniel Johnson should just buy a permanent house in Columbus and, and never move again. I, yeah, I mean, I, there's a... I don't know if I can. Columbus is a like nice city, There's an argument that. It's a great thing. There's an argument that Johnson's had it way worse than Bobby Bradley as far as getting a chance. Yes. I thought last year was ridiculous. I think, there. yeah, I agree with that because, you know what? Because the floor, the ceiling is good for Johnson. It's not great. Like he's not an all star, but the floor is so high for him that it's so, it's not high, but it's a safe floor. I think you, I think there's a really easy idea to know what you're going to get from Daniel Johnson. That I don't see why they wouldn't just give him the shot. But like I said, if I would have put on my choice there, if I would have, if I would have wrote. Somebody outside the organization, because I seriously considered that, my head would explode because I don't think I can take it anymore. If they, if they bring somebody else in and they just decide to blow off all these other options at this point. Billy Hamilton is a free agent, so I mean we've already went there though. Well, yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking about. (laughs) (laughs) If you don't care about the offense enough that you're going to bring in Hamilton as an option in the first place, then what are you doing? Like, he, Johnson can play defense. Put him out there. I, I would just like to know the internal discussions here because I remember early in spring training, Terry Francona had said to Billy Hamilton when he came in, he said, well, we're going to be honest with you, it would be a, the best-case scenario for us is if, you know, Mercado or Zimmer steps up and, proves that they should have the center field job to start the season. So in an ideal world, he wouldn't make the team. And they told Hamilton early on he wasn't going to make the team, and that's why he hooked up with the White Sox. And ironically enough, he's on the White Sox opening day roster. I don't know if that's because of Aloy Hibbenes' injury or what they decided, but I just want to know what happened between saying that Hamilton is good enough to be in camp with us, but we don't want him to make the team because we want somebody better to be the center fielder and then wind up at a member's Rosario. Like 
those are just really like what 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 do you think happened along the way where this all played out? Because that's just a wide range of of conversations and thought processes to get from Hamilton to Rosario and bypass all the other things you had in the system. Like I just want, I would love to have been a fly on the wall during those conversations. Anybody? Can oh, but we can I, I'm not going to try uh, to make sense of it. No, uh, I mean, I would only say that I think Mercado just lost it. I think that's all I have. I thought we yeah. were trying to keep this to a four-hour podcast, <laughs> Justin. All right, yeah, under under four hours. We'll keep the ball rolling here. Uh, the other point of contention, there's two more points of contention, I think. Um, starting pitching depth. I know it's been a a little bit debated, you know, Yes, there are really good pitchers in this rotation, but I think the concern is that they don't have a lot of experience and they don't have the track record of doing over a full season. So one of the questions I posed was, how many starters will the Indians have this year? And the answer was all actually pretty close among everybody, and I think the numbers we came back with were good concerning the situation. So, Joe, you have eight. So beyond – Beyond Savali, Plesak, and, and Beaver, who do you see as the other eight, our other five? We have Logan Allen, Tristan McKenzie. Where do the other five come from for you besides no, or, three. Or four, I should say? Five plus three. Okay. I'm not, I'm not good at math. Thanks for telling <laughs> okay. me. Yeah, that's yeah, I'm really uh, glad okay. baseball. <laughs> Cal, I mean, Cal Quantrill would seem like a guy they may throw in there at some point. Uh would like to see uh, Jean-Carlos Mejia and then maybe one of the older guys that, you know, been hanging around, not necessarily up to that point already, like Adam Scott or someone like that, who's old enough that they should be able to participate at the major league level. Or Scott Moss, one of those lefties. Anybody, so anybody on the forty-man roster, basically, at this point, besides the intentions, is what you're saying. Sure. I no, I feel like uh, I don't want to say that uh, that McKenzie's going to miss two weeks at some point. I, I think everybody in the other than Beaver, n- none of those guys are. I guess Savali has. They haven't really had full workloads, especially after last year. Uh, they barely pitched. It was a couple months. So I, I think it's going to be difficult to just go, these are your five guys for the whole year. I, I definitely think there'll be some turnaround in the middle and back of that rotation. Willie, you had nine. So beyond the five that we're aware of, I guess six if you include Quantrill, uh, how do you see the rotation playing out from where the innings are going to come from beyond the guys we know? Well, I was going to put 8.5, but nobody would make sense of that because they're planning on using an opener, it sounds like. <laughs> um, I, I think we'll see Eli Morgan up at some time uh, through the season. Probably Scott Moss and maybe Sam Henches at some point. Although I think Henches probably comes out of the pen. Uh, I think they'll bring up some of those guys at some point. And I think we'll see a few injuries. Unfortunately, um, it seemed like Carlos Carrasco would catch his season line drive off of the elbow or off of the shin and end up missing time. So we'll probably have something like that happen to someone. God forbid, I don't want to see any Tommy Johns or anything, but uh, you got to count that our starting staff is not going to stay healthy over the course of the season. So I figure some of the 
younger arms will get an opportunity at some point. And Spencer, you also said nine, which was on the high end for everybody. So only actually only Joe and I said eight. The rest of you said nine. So where do you see all these innings coming from among the guys who are not really don't trust uh, starting right in April with McKenzie trying to pitch a full load and you know injuries are inevitable to happen so just your you know your your quadruple a pitchers your guys that are young that might be coming up so like a lot like what joe and uh willie said i mean like scott moss uh cal i think we'll get a couple starts um adam scott eli morgan i mean pick pick your litter but i think a couple guys will get like one two starts it doesn't mean they're going to get a full workload but uh, I think you could see like a spot start here or there or like, you know, double header due to COVID type situation. You never know, man. Yeah, hopefully that doesn't play into things. We didn't even talk about COVID yet. I mean, that's still going to be an issue, at least for the first quarter of the season. Um, hopefully nobody breaks protocol. I mean, the Indians didn't have any Zach, positive please, tests I, Zach, please, I last year. Team, so. Yeah, hopefully I should have I should have asked the over under for how many Instagram videos he was gonna make while driving a car while not wearing a seatbelt, but that didn't quite fit under my sheet this year. I'll stay I'll over. say over one, one on that. Over yeah. everything. Over one. Hopefully I'll I'll throw out year. Trevor Stephan as a potential opener. He was a former starter with the Yankees and if they end up doing a like a uh, opener with McKenzie. I would not be surprised if Stefan comes out and, and comes out of the comes from the pen and opens a few games at some point through the season because he can log a couple of easy innings and strike oh. out batters. I would love to see Trevor Stefan get a shot to go three or innings or four innings or maybe even a spot start. That would be really good. He looked really good in spring training, and he threw hard. I think that's interesting. Um, I think for sure Eli Morgan. I think Eli Morgan offers the safest, like, protection among the pitchers because I think Morgan will be the most prepared to go out there and, and throw strikes and get you through five innings. So when you have a spot starter like that, when you need a, a guy to come in and make one start or two starts because of injuries or, or whatever, I think you want a guy that's going to go out there at least give you five. And I think of all the guys in the 40-man roster that um, aren't haven't been considered for the opening day rotation, I think he's the safest bet for that. I have a hard time believing that anybody not on the 40-man roster this year is going to make a start for them, whether that's, like Joe said, Adam Scott or Tanner Tully is kind of a safe arm if they, you know, in an emergency situation. But they'd have to DFA somebody or have to – someone has to go on a 60-day IL, and we know what – what 40-man roster issues await them this fall, I have a hard time thinking they're going to create more health in themselves and try to make a roster decision now versus when they can pull up everyone the forced. I don't think I – think, I think this is the right way, that, right, right way to go about it, at least the outset of the season. We'll see how things shake out. But I asked you guys uh, who you thought was going to lead the Indians in saves. And we had three different answers among the group of us, which is good, which I think is based on how the bullpen's going to go. So, Joe, you were the only one who said James Karen Jack. How do you think he winds up 
uh, getting the most saves, given right now it looks like they're kind of going close. Well, yeah, so that's kind of what I was thinking is use Class A in the uh, best situation. So a lot of times that's going to come earlier in games. I kind of thinking of him as that Andrew Miller role back uh, in the day, as it were. And uh, Karinczak would then be your Cody Allen coming in to clean up. So I think he's going to maybe build up some more numbers than the other guys. Not necessarily – I didn't say he was be the best relief pitcher, but I think he can build up those numbers. Spencer, you want Class A. Why, why Class A end up as the – I don't say he's an NFS to closer, but the guy who ends up with the most saves just because I of the situation. Really a lot of tight games, and that best situation is going to be the end of the game unless there's people on base. So, you know, the guy throwing 102 is probably going to end up throwing the ninth inning, especially if he starts striking out a bunch of batters and winning fans over. They're probably going to put him in that spot. I still think they go closer by committee still throughout most of the year, especially how young they are. And, Willie, you and I are the only two that had this answer. I think I, I think I know why why we both answered this way. So why don't you give your explanation for Nick Wickren as uh, our, our leaders and saves? Well, to me, this is a transitional year, and it's all about the back-end VR beers. So why let those young two arms uh, build value in our later on when you can use a guy like Nick Wickren to mop up those innings now? And really, it comes down to leverage, too. So you got Grinchak in Class A to do that. Put them in the seventh and eighth inning where it's more likely, in my opinion, that they're going to see a high leverage situation than the ninth inning just because it's the ninth inning. Yeah, I would agree with that. I think that's exactly where they're going to go. And I think it's definitely our, it's our manipulation. I think at the end of the day, not wanting to pay – Karen Shack and Class A, you know, closer type money in, in, in uh, arbitration a couple of years from now. If you, I mean, that seems pretty obvious to me. I'm not saying that's how they're going to go, but the reason oh, I, 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 no, I don't want to interrupt, but do you think they're really going to risk like end of game situations over arbitration, uh, considering that they really don't have they really don't have the fan well, base by the you know the stranglehold right now of salary things? Like, are you really going to risk over arbitration? to, you know, risk at the end of games. Like, I'm not saying, like, you know, some of these other guys are bad pitchers, but, you know, th- I think Karinczak and Class A have the most electric stuff. I think that's why you see the the trifecta of arms there, though, is no one particular one is going to rack up 20, 30 saves. I think you'll see maybe 10 saves here and 15 for Whitgren or something like that. But I, I don't think one of those young arms – is going to rack up a bunch of saves early on, or or not this makes, early into I, their I, career. I want to say you might be right, but that's like the trying to find every loophole on your taxes way of looking at this. It's <laughs> it's just like no baseball fan wants to hear that you have two amazing relief pitchers and you're going to use the old dude because he's cheaper. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. It, it, it might be right. It dollars. might be right. I don't know. I, mean, I do think arbitration is going to. Over the last few years, it seems like it's going away from the traditional stats and more to so the more advanced stuff. So I don't know that it would make a gigantic difference. But maybe it does. I mean, if we're using better baseball players in less, you know, predominant situations because we're trying to save money, we're, we're hurting as a baseball team, guys. Yeah, you definitely can't say you're trying to contend, which they keep trying to say they're 
at least moderately trying to contend. Well, why do you put Ben Gamel out there and Jake Bowers and yes, please don't. Well, no, I, yeah. <laughs> well, that that should tell you the direction, right? If they're okay with with going with Ben Gamel and and Yu Chang versus Bobby uh, Jake Bowers over Bobby Bradley and Bradley Zimmer, Oscar Mercado, then why wouldn't they go the safe, not so you know, trying to save a couple bucks route with Nick Wickburn? That 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 kind of leads one against yeah, the other, right? For sure. And I'll throw and Trevor I, I don't Stephan think... into the mix. I think Stefan will get a save or two this too. I think we've officially anointed Willie as the uh, the president of the Trevor Stefan fan club. I can't say That's I blame right. him, but <laughs> <laughs> every time he comes in the game now, I'm just going to tweet at Willie. Uh, okay, we all answered kind of the same on this, except for Pat, our, our newest intern. Um, he had Jose Ramirez. So we all thought that Fran Mel Reyes is going to lead the Indians in home runs this year. And I, I don't want to ask why you think that is, because I think we understand why. But the question I want to ask is, do you think that's a good thing or a bad thing, Joe? If I, I still wanted to put Bobby Bradley for that. I just don't think he's going to get the playing time. Uh, <laughs> I, why not? It's a good thing. He's a DH. He's he's the strongest guy on the okay. team. Like, let him just pound it out. I I, I see, I see Ramirez okay. as more of a well-rounded he- hitter. He doesn't need to hit forty home runs to be effective. Spencer, do you agree that, that Reyes leading the team in home runs is a good thing for the offense, or does it mean anything bad for Jose Ramirez? Home runs are bad in any aspect. So, um, but you know, he hit in 548 plate appearances in San Diego at 23, hit 37. Um, so with getting 600 at-bats in a more, which Cleveland's not a great hitter's park, but it's not San Diego, I definitely think he'll hit 40. I really do. So, so Willie, do you think it's – and if, if, if Emil Reyes does not lead the Indians home, in home runs, Willie, is that a bad sign? I don't think so. It means to me that uh, Jose Ramirez has had a great year and should be in the two spot for the MVP uh, this year. I don't think they'll have 240 home run hitters. So I would say if Reyes can get to 40, that's a good thing because Ramirez should get his 30. Like Joe said, he's a more well-rounded hitter. Um, If they both end up at 35, I think that's okay too. But I definitely think they – I think Reyes needs to be pretty close to leading the team in home runs uh, for this offense to have any shot of not driving people to training camp at the first week of July. Yeah, I guess they're already going to be there anyway, but it could be very ugly by July if the, if the offense doesn't come around. All right. Joe, you have an interesting pick for your X Factor for the Indians this year. Why did you go with this it, player? Is this, I don't remember which one is this. This is Nolan Jones. Okay, yeah, I yes. think this is his year. I, I'd like to see him uh, break out. And I, I, it's a little disappointing that he played third base at spring training after working out exclusively at first, right, and left, and playing no third base in instructs last year. So I'm kind of – I may have to change this now. I wrote this before spring training <laughs> Yeah, got going. I was really expecting him to come out there and play right field, you know, left field uh, and get some work in during spring. And 
that they didn't do that makes me almost think now they're going to wait till 2022. But I'd love to see him play all three positions and sneak in enough at bats to make a difference this year. Yeah, I was going to ask you where the playing time comes from, but I guess that kind of perfectly explains it. I'm kind of curious to see. Yeah, if I mean, that he was a happen. good defender at first base. I don't know about the outfield, but in, at first he was a very good defender when I saw him playing. And so I think that's good enough to get his battle well, lineup for me. They're comfortable with Ahmed Rosario in center field. So I would think no matter where you put him, nobody really gives a crap what he does with the glove yeah. as long as he can hit. I think we've thrown defense out the window at this point. All right. Willie and I had the same answer. So, Spencer, why don't you – you you pick Fran Mel Reyes. Why, why is Fran Mel Reyes the You and I talked about it in podcast. He's never had 600 at-bats. Um, you know, he came over here, you know, had his uh, – half a season, whatever you want to call it, two months, and then, you know, with COVID. So he's never really had that 600 at-bats. He was kind of platooning out in that San Diego outfield. I think with him just being able to DH by himself, I think if he is put in good hitter situations, if he is behind Jose Ramirez and whatever the lineup looks like in the near future, I think he's going to add a lot of run production, and I really do think he's going to hit a lot of bombs, especially if he doesn't have one of those cold streaks. If he can stay consistent, and really, uh, you know, get a groove, I think you'll hit a lot of home runs. Um, I almost went Nolan Jones as well. Really? So why why did you almost go with uh, Nolan so Jones? I, really expected, I mean, I, like I put with my who ends the season at first base, I really think he's going to end up being the Indians' first baseman at some point. I really do. Uh, and I really like his bat. I do. I, I really don't – I know we're saying we're kind of throwing defense out the window, but, like, Sometimes you can throw out average to subpar defense or even above average for his at-bat specifically. Yeah, throw the bat in the lineup, see what happens. We'll see if he gets any playing time. Willie, you and I both picked Eddie Rosario as our X-Factors. Willie, why why is Eddie Rosario your X-Factor for the team this year? I like what he brings to the table. They haven't had that type of power in left field in a year or two, it seems like. Um, but seriously, I, I really like Rosario and I like that he is familiar with the AL central already. I think that will really boost the offense. Yeah, I would, I would agree with that. I think they also need him to kind of carry the rest of the offense. I mean, the offense will go as far as Jose and Reyes will take them, but I think they need Rosario to be as good as he possibly can be. Uh, if they have any shot of competing this year. I had Reyes as my breakout hitter, even though Ed is my X-Factor, I for all the same reasons. Actually, Willie, you took uh, Reyes and Josh Naylor. So why, why the split on uh, breakout hitter there? You know, I was torn, so I just wrote down both of them. I think Reyes is going to put up his first 30-plus homer season, and I think Josh Naylor is going to establish himself as an everyday player. I still question if that's at right field or first base, um, but I just think he's going to show that he's a solid hitter, and he may not be what we saw in the playoffs, but I think he'll be an every, almost everyday outfielder. I think, uh, Joe, we know why you picked Bobby Bradley as your breakout hitter. I don't think we need to go into that topic. And, and Spencer, I think you just told us why you think Framo Reyes will be the breakout, um, your breakout hitter. So, Joe, you said Tristan McKenzie 
as your breakout pitcher where uh, Spencer and Willie had Logan Allen and I had Aaron Savali. So what, what's going to put Tristan McKenzie over the top this year? Well, yeah, I got a text after the article published that he already broke out. (laughs) He has not pitched a full major league (laughs) season. I want to see him pitch a full season, get 120 plus innings. You know, I'd really like to see that. And I think as more people see him, they'll believe in him the way I have for six years or so. Spencer, why Logan Allen for you as the breakout pitcher? Logan Allen has has started four, what, four games in his career, pitched like 10 total. Um, He really hasn't had his major league shot, but like a couple years ago, man, he was the guy in the San Diego farm system that was very, very strong. Um, so I always thought he had it in him. I know he went through some mental blocks and some weight gain, now weight loss, and he looked incredible this spring. So I really think he's going to add that lefty dynamic to the rotation that the Indians have not had for a long time. Willie, any thoughts on your Logan Allen pick to expand on what Spencer said about him? Yeah, I like the change up. Um, he's been working hard throughout the offseason, which matters, and I think his command has improved. I think he's still borderline fringe average, but even if he walks guys, I think he has enough to get out of innings, um, either through ground outs and fly balls, but I'm not too concerned about that. I I think that he's going to establish himself as a solid number four or five starter and um, just kind of emerge. Another thing that I will add that he's not even 24 years old yet. And he seems like he's been around the majors for three or four years now. Um, Typically, control comes around age 25 or a little bit older. Him being left-handed, I think, does matter since they haven't had a lefty in rotation in a while. Um, but I I think all signs are pointing north, or all signs are pointing up for him right now. I kind of – I mean, I didn't. I know Logan Al had a great spring. I – and Aaron Savali didn't have a great spring. I think Aaron Savali just hoping that – that change to his mechanics and that new split change winds up um, improving his strikeout numbers and he can go back to what he was in 2019. So like Zach Please like last year had a breakout year, even in eight starts. I think that uh, Aaron, they could use that kind of season from Aaron Savali. Joe, Roberto Perez is the biggest disappointment. That does not sound great. Why fire over the last uh, year or so? Uh, I think you got to start high. Like Mercado is down. I know, like, I don't want to take away from yours, but like to me, he's already at the bottom. You got to be a little bit higher than that to fall. Does that make sense? <laughs> so don't think no, that's fair. What's that? I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I, I said and don't pick Austin Hedges. I think Hedges could play more, honestly. Uh, I think we may see that flip a little bit throughout the season. But I don't know. Oh, wow. That would be bad because he had a 60% strikeout rate this spring. I know it's spring training, but 60%? Justin, yeah. Spring training yeah, man, you said numbers that yourself a lot of times on this podcast. <laughs> yes, I'm the only one who ever said spring training stats don't matter. I'm the I am the only person with that opinion. They matter selectively. Yeah, dude, they matter when we say they matter. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. And his his strikeout rate matters, okay? 
Spencer, I, are you I, are you of the same belief then? Are we gonna? Are, does uh, that mean he, we're gonna see more Austin Hedges? Yes. I mean, Austin Austin Hedges is a okay. god awful hitter, but Perez has you know ironically enough, ever since his hot streak in the start of 2019 has relatively stunk at the plate as well. So uh, you're choosing between option A and option B. And Austin Hedges, I wrote his player preview, the guy's top three in Major League Baseball almost every year in framing. So, like, if you're going for defense, you really can't choose between the two if Roberto Perez doesn't hit. And he hasn't hit for the last, I don't know, year and a half. So, yeah, I think he's I think he's not going to have a good year. He could prove me wrong. But, I mean, he's never been one to hit for average anyway, so. To be fair, I didn't. <laughs> I didn't well, even want to pick this category. Did. Go ahead. <laughs> I don't like this category. I mean, it's got to be somebody. If you ask my girl, it has to be somebody. So, <laughs> I'm, it, it's a joke. <laughs> it's a it's a relax. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Having a real life Seriously. moment right here. <laughs> Well, Will, Willie and I, yeah, well, we're all going to need therapy after this baseball season, I think. Um, Willie and I both obviously didn't follow the rules according to what you started too high with Oscar Mercado, but uh, clearly neither Willie or I think Oscar Mercado is going to end the year as a center fielder. I don't know what's going to happen. If he's the biggest disappointment for the Indians this year, then that means that uh, I would say his future is in jeopardy here. Does that sound about right, Willie? Yeah, I, I think he's pushing that borderline quad A player um, if he's not careful. Bob or Bradley Zimmer role. I almost said Bobby Bradley. <laughs> Put him in center field. Put Bobby Bradley That's in center crazy. field. Why not? <laughs> Put the home runs. Well, I, I mean, they're clearly okay punching defense. Why not? My mind is still caught on Spencer mentioning hitting and Austin Hedges in the same <laughs> sentence. So. No, I'm going to see a lot of that this year. There's going to be no hitting from the catcher position at all, to be honest with you. Yeah, probably not. Um, all right, Joe. Obviously, we've already we've already touched on this, but your biggest concern you know, for the Indians this year. I said it was the outfield offense, but if Rosario's out there, maybe it's not as bad – if or obviously, I'm sorry. They're both Rosario. <laughs> if Eddie plays up to his, I wasn't talking about Eddie. I was talking about Ahmed. <laughs> uh, you know, I think there is a way to make the outfield offense better, and I would include Nolan Jones in that equation. But at the moment, with the way it's set up, I'm just expecting more of the same that we've had the last. I don't know. When did Michael Brantley leave? <laughs> that many, that many years. <laughs> A long time ago. <laughs> so it's the most fixable yeah, problem. Easy, but that's what, I don't understand why they don't. Well, I guess they did. Okay, so they brought in Eddie Rosario. So that's actually attempting to fix the problem. Uh, they they brought in Gamble. That's kind of attempting to fix the problem. Uh, not really. But like, but that's <laughs> what they've been doing every year. They just bring in these stopgap guys, and they fall apart, and they get rid of them. And Delano just yields us back in Texas, and. That worked really well. <laughs> Spencer, how bad I mean, is the bottom of the lineup going to be? How bad? Which will happen. I mean, this could happen next week, but you'll have like Ben Gamble, Jake Bowers, and Roberto Perez batting back to back to back. And 
I, uh, you know, that's the whole reason I told you I needed therapy. That's rough, man. I don't know if I can deal with the bottom of a lineup like that. I'd rather just see some of these guys get at bats instead of just wasting my time down there at the bottom of the lineup. But, I mean, it is what it is. But I think that's going to be the weakest point of the team. So, 789 comes up. You can <laughs> you can go to the bathroom. You can grab a beer. You can mow your lawn. Uh, you can go grocery shop. Oh, so, that's like a seven-inning stretch there, right? Yeah, every, every, every three yeah. innings you have a, a seven-inning Yeah, that's where you have your bets against that's the good. Indians. No, you have so you your bets that you're hedges? betting on the game against the Indians because those three people are coming up. <laughs> it means you're picking the – Go ahead. Willie, you just you just said the outfield Willie, you just said the outfield in general for your biggest concern and you said the center field, but uh why yeah. don't you expand upon that? It's been a revolving door out there. Leonis Martin, Oscar Mercado, Mercado, Bradley Zimmer, Jordan Luplo, uh Delino De Shields, Ben Gamble now. I mean, maybe we should have <laughs> stuck with Billy Hamilton. <laughs> um, it, it just seems to be the one spot they have not been able to fill for years, and I think it's one of the most important positions in the outfield, obviously, um, being center field. But it, it just – it's taken several years, and they still haven't filled it, and they've brought in several pieces from outside of the organization and still no answers, and we're still scratching our head with Ahmed Rosario wondering, can he even play outfield? Because we know he's not a, a league average shortstop. Can you imagine a lineup that has Austin Hedges a catcher and Billy Hamilton in center field? <laughs> I mean, wow. You, you were making the case for Billy Hamilton to be in center field, and I feel like we just really hit a another low point in this podcast. We've had to use reasoning to believe that there's a chance that that should have happened. Petey Hamilton ready yet? <laughs> Not soon enough. <laughs> That's soon enough. Uh, all right, let's let's just do record here and buyers and sellers, and then we'll get to the rest of the prediction. So, Joe, your final record for the Indians this year, and are they going to well, be a buyer I, I or a seller? I realize that I am me? on the downside of this, going saying they're going to be five hundred. <laughs> are we just talking about like every single thing that's wrong with this team, and how there's very few pluses and all these different faults? And so I thought 81 and 81 was being generous, and I, I said neither, buyer or seller. Well, consider, you're right. Considering how badly we've, we've talked about them, 81 and 81 seems pretty optimistic. Uh, not buying yeah, or I mean, selling, I guess, I guess, makes sense. In yeah, that I mean, they could, th- they could throw off Spencer, maybe you, one of the new guys, but okay. I don't think they're trading prospects for major leaguers at this point. I would agree with that. They, they, maybe they should, but they probably won't. Spencer, you're slightly more, mm-hmm. you're a little bit more optimistic than Joe. What was your, rec- your record and, and uh, why are, so how I, are they going to be both buyers? Yeah, so I said 86 and in the, It has nothing actually to do with the Tribe team and just how many teams I think are god-awful in the American League. Uh, so I think they'll just scratch out wins by pitching and winning low-run games. So I'll give them five more wins just off of, you know, what Joe said. That's about it. Um, I think it's going to be a real struggle this year. I think they'll be in the bottom of the league and run scored. Um, the reason I said both, I mean, with having one-year contracts on Hernandez and Rosario and then trying to get guys up, 
I think they might end up tossing one of those guys out and getting someone a spot. But if they're also competing, they could, you know, pull in a bullpen arm or pull in an at-bat somewhere else too. I mean, it's just a little bit wishy-washy. I think they could honestly do both. I don't see them – unless it, it's a terrible year, I don't see them selling, but I also don't see them buying because I don't see them winning 90 games. So I could see a little bit of both. And will it your record, and will they be buyers or sellers, in your opinion? Yeah, I'm at 87 wins. Um, I think their floor is probably 85 for me. Um, I think they'll still end up with a winning record. I, I agree with Spencer that it's going to be tough to watch sometimes. I don't think they're going to score a lot of runs. I think they'll have games where they're really fun and score in bunches, and then other games where they just go through a drought. Um I think their pitching will be what carries them, the, the bullpen and the starting rotation. Even even though they are younger arms, I do think think we'll see McKenzie emerge and, and Logan Allen emerge, and even Cal Control look good at times. Um, I think the pitching is the backbone of the organization right now with a, a few core bats. Um, you know, I don't think we're buyers or sellers. I think that they could be opportunistic. Um, my theory is when you have that much depth in the system and so many of them coming toward 40-man status that you need to do something similar to what San Diego did and start utilizing that depth and making it impact the major league roster. Hopefully they do that, but I would not be surprised if someone like uh, Cesar Hernandez is dealt at some point in time or even um, Eddie Rosario, though for some reason I think they'll keep him and seem more likely to move Hernandez I would agree with that. I think that I have the I have them as neither buyers or sellers, but I think given the the fact that they have Tyler Freeman and Owen Miller knocking on the door here pretty soon, that it would make sense to move Cesar Hernandez uh, to get one of them up this year because you don't really have any. I mean, I guess you can create room for Nolan Jones and or Daniel Johnson in the outfield, but I have my doubts that they're gonna they went out of their way to to take room away from Daniel Johnson this spring. I don't think they're gonna reverse their decision now or in September or July and create room for him. But I think they can create room for Tyler Freeman and Owen Miller. And I have him at 84 and 70. And I forgot to mention my biggest concern this year for them was the pitching. Um, ironically enough, for all the, the reasons Willie just said, is the young pitching. You guys all said the outfield and the bottom of the lineup was your concern. And I say it's the pitching because I think we already know the, the outfield offense in the lineup at the bottom is going to be rough, but like Willie just said, the pitching has got to carry this team. And when you only have your number one is the only guy who has performed at a high level throughout the season, you're good. I think you're going to run into some streaks where Fleestack has two or three bad starts in a row or Savali does or Logan Allen or Tristan McKenzie uh, needs to go back to the minors to limit his workload. Like, I think that's going to be part of the story this year is that the pitching is going to look really good at times and it's going to look, Kind of rough. It's not going to look as bad as the lineup, but like Willie said, they, the pitching has got to carry them, and I don't think that um, I, it's not going to be as good as it was in years past. There's going to be some hiccups along the way, and that's obviously the last thing this, this team can afford. So that was why it was my biggest concern. Where do you guys want to start? Let's, let's finish this up with a rapid fire of the rest of the predictions. Do you want to start with division, or do you want to start with awards? <laughs> Doesn't I mean just go with the award, the more fun. 
All right. Let's just do rapid fire. No no explanation Trout. needed. Joe, MVP in the AL. Fish. Trout. Spencer. <laughs> Willie. Trout. Jose Ramirez finishes second. <laughs> I have Trout, too. We're all very boring, and, and I look forward to seeing another year of Jose Ramirez uh, getting snubbed for MVP. I'm a Joe, believer. AL Cy Young. <laughs> so Shane Bieber wins his second uh, Cy Young and it pitches his last season in a Cleveland uniform. First real Cy Young. Okay. So he wins his first real Cy Young and Spencer, that essentially ends Correct. his career in the Indian. Gotta season. worry about gotta yeah. worry about that arbitration, remember. <laughs> <laughs> Spencer and then I Willie. Agree. I'm I'm boring. Really? I'll say Shane Bieber wins the AL Cy Young, but I'll also add in that Zach Plesac finishes in the top ten. That would be a good outcome for the Indians. I tried to balance out my boring Mike Trout pick with Lucas Giolito. I think it's funny Bieber is now the boring pick for Cy Young, and I decided to balance that out. Joe, because you picked Maybe the Nate AL Pierce. Rookie of the Year. Uh, see, the thing is, pick? when I always do the rookies, it's always <laughs> the guys on the Fall League, so I picked Nate Pearson. He was very impressive. That's fair. And the rest uh, of us got very up. boring. Spencer. Willie. Same. Same, Alex Kirilov. Also more bad news to the Indians, because uh, that means... They probably have another left-handed outfield that hit <laughs> five home runs in a row off one of their pitchers. Which means we won't <laughs> win it. <laughs> That's right. It means we're all wrong. Our, for those who haven't seen the sheet, uh, it's on IndiansBaseballInsider.com. Uh, we all took Alex Kirilov, except for Joe, who said Nate Pearson. And then Arthur took Jared Kalanick, which probably means it's going to be Jared Kalanick. Uh, Joe, who did okay, you have another in the AFL a- 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 MVP, uh, Ronald Acuna Jr. I can't speak, sorry. Mookie that ben. seems like an easy pick. Spencer? I like it. Willie? Acuna Jr. I also took Acuna. So Spencer's, uh, Spencer and Pat took Mookie Betts. So at least we had some variation there uh, in that one as well. Boring. Jacob DeGrom. Joe and Cy Young. <laughs> yes, Jacob DeGrom is uh, very Jack boring Larry, to watch. I got Spencer. a plus 1,300 for Cy Young. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that seems like money. What, what was what was Jacob Degrom's uh, uh, betting line there? He's automatic to win it, I think. Yeah, Willie. I went Walker Bueller last year, so I went with Degrom this year, which means neither one of them will win it. I I should yeah, I think Flaherty. I should have taken Degrom, but I took Walker Bueller. I just. Like I said, I, I feel like Acuna is the boring pick in the NL because he should be in the winner because he's going to have a 30-30 season, but I was trying to balance out my my boring picks with more exciting ones. Joe, have you decided on no, a I'll NL? Copy Spencer, or winner, or should we come back it. to you? Okay, Spencer, yeah, uh, you, you have a unique I, pick I, here. I can't even pronounce his last name. I do like him a lot. I've watched him for a while, but... Uh... Guys, I'm going to butcher the last name, so if someone wants to say it, please say it. <laughs> uh, 
No, let's, let's hear I am, I'm, I'm so bad at math. math. You're bad at pronouncing names. Come on. Christian, but I want to say Pache. Pache. See, Pache. There we go. I, th- I think I, I don't know how you say it, but I'll still make fun of you for saying it wrong. The the constructive criticism. At least I'm honest about it. Though his last name, he's probably not going to win it now, and I'm sorry about that. But hey, man. He's fun, though. I think the Braves are going to be dynamite this year. I agree. They're going to be fun to watch. Uh, Willie, you took another Brave, right? Yeah, I took Ian Anderson. I have been a longtime believer in Anderson. I um, think that fastball-curveball combo is going to lead the way for him. He's very fun. I'm looking forward to watching him pitch this year. I took to Brian Hayes. I love Brian Hayes. He hits the crap on the ball. He plays great defense. He probably won't win because he plays for the Pirates, but he's going to be an exciting player. He is literally the only reason you should ever watch the Pirates. There is no other reason to watch the Pirates besides Brian Hayes. I'm sorry. There's just not. Is is he the son of <laughs> Willie Mays Hayes? <laughs> yes, he, he fell out of bed and, and on the field, and he could play defense from day one. <laughs> He is, the, he is the son of a Hayes. It's just not the Hayes you're thinking of. It's like the second major league. Uh, he said, I got you an outfielder. He used to play for the Giants. Not not those Giants. Not, not that Hayes. Yes. Joe, do you finally have – you're going to go with Pache, you said? Is that Can you, you pronounce his name right now? I mean, it's, I mean it's, in my defense, it sounds very French, and I can't pronounce French the last name. So. Definitely like, not French. He's Dominican. I, I know, but it sounds French. <laughs> Fragile Taché. Fragile Taché. They sound alike. They sound alike. Uh, it might take too long to go through all of our division winners, so why That's don't we precise. just say... Let's do who wins the AL Central. Yeah, just check the site. Let's just go. Let's give them the AL Central. So, uh, Joe, give them your AL Central standings. Yeah. All right. We'll come back to Joe. Yeah, I got Spencer. AL Central. Indians, Twins, Royals, Tigers. Willie. I've got the Twins winning the division, the White Sox taking the wild card. But I think they only win a, a game or two, just a few games more than Cleveland. And then I got Cleveland in third, Kansas City, and then Detroit bringing up the rear as seems to be the case these last few. Yep. Uh, I have Chicago first. I love that team. Joe, right did now. you find I, your I love what they've been doing. Uh, then the Twins, then the Indians at 500, Tigers and Royals to wrap it up. But I don't care. I mean, you could flip the Tigers and Royals it, it, either way. That's true. Guys, I, I agonized over this. I, I was up till 3 a.m. last night figuring out who I was going to pick in the Central and who I was going to pick for the AL pennant. I was up, literally up till 3 a.m. figuring this out. You, over, yeah, you overthought it. <laughs> <laughs> I did. I, I'm sure I'll be 100. For, for what's going to end up being the, a, a wrong pick, uh, I had the Twins winning the division, White Sox second, my first wild card, Tribe in third, Royals in fourth, and Tigers in fifth. Uh, it'll be close. I actually think the division's getting much better, and it's going to be tough for the Indians the next couple of years. Let's wrap it up with the World Series. Uh, there Joe. we go. Uh, yeah, no, I have the. Uh, I, I almost want to change this now. He lost it again. <laughs> but uh, no, I'll leave it. I'll leave it the way I wrote it, which is Rays over Padres. Oh, okay. <laughs> but I, 
I could see Padres over Rays. I, I really like what the okay, Padres. That should, that should be fun. The last year or two. Padres over Athletics. Uh, I just think it would be really fun. Kai Tom time. That would be fun. All California World Series. I'm in. Kai oh. Tom gets the now doesn't get the game winning hit. Spencer has him losing. Maybe he gets a home run to send the uh, World Series. Willie, your your pick for the World Series. I've got a repeat with the Dodgers facing the Rays, and the Dodgers taking it home. <laughs> Boring. <again>. I know. <laughs> no, I think that makes a lot of sense, uh, especially the Dodgers. I mean. We all have the uh, World Series winner coming out of the yeah. NL West, except for Joe. But Joe said he can go either way. Nobody, nobody on our site had a, had the World Series winner in the or World Series or the NL pennant winner, uh, other than the Dodgers or the Padres. Like nobody in the NL has a chance besides those two. The AL was much more varied. I took Dodgers over Twins because I overthought it, and I'm going to be 100 percent wrong, but. I didn't want to pick the race. I'll throw Atlanta been... out there as the sleeper team in the end, if they could even be a sleeper team, since everybody thinks it's going to be the Padres and Dodgers. Yeah, I mean, someone's got to be the sleeper team, but, man, it's – I don't know what the betting line is. Maybe our degenerate gambler can tell oh, us. Oh, I don't but, have the right. Uh, I don't have those odds. I'm not sure I'd put – I'm not. I'm not putting money down on, on the. Well, I wouldn't put money down on the Dodgers or Padres because you probably wouldn't get much back because it's a, a chalk pick. But yeah, maybe the Braves is a good way to go and see if you cash out. All right, because we complain. I wouldn't say we complain, but we did highlight a lot of negative. Uh, let's end the podcast on a positive note. Joe, what is the thing you're most looking forward to? I think I said it already. I want to see Tristan Cleveland McKenzie baseball for a full season coming up in big leagues. So you're looking most forward to seeing that. Willie, what is the one thing this baseball season, you know, as not to be Indians related, but maybe an Indians one uh, that you're looking forward to the most? Several things, of course, you're going to, you know, I'm going to say the draft. Um, minor <laughs> league baseball returning and seeing fans in Cleveland again. Um, I think it's going to be a transition year. It's going to have its rough moments, but I think there's going to be a lot of excitement for the future and some of the players that are here like Krenchak, Class A, um, Trevor Stephan, <laughs> Josh Naylor, <laughs> and Daniel Reyes. I think there's a lot to be excited about still. I think uh, Zach Plesak and Aaron Savale will solidify themselves in the rotation, and, and Shane Bieber will confirm that he's one of the best pitchers in the American League. Uh, Spencer, the thing you're looking forward to the most? not having uh, COVID hanging over our heads as bad as what last year would be, obviously. Um, I think it's more of uh, where the roster wasn't decided almost day one, how it has been for so many years and seeing so many young guys get to play and have a bunch of playing time. We haven't had that for a long time to have a bunch of guys like Classe and, you know, Rosario and Frank, like all these guys getting their opportunities. And I understand we didn't get everybody we wanted up, but we got a decent amount of guys we're looking forward to. And I think Tito will find a way to still win games. Usually always does. I mean, I don't think he's finished under 500 since he's been here. So I think they'll figure it out. It'll be having some rough moments, but it'll still be fun. I would agree. It won't be a 90 loss season. I think that's good. You don't want six months of baseball being 
every night where you know you're gonna get your head kicked in like a lot of other teams like the Pirates or the Rockies or the Orioles. I would so I would say I'm looking forward to not being the Rockies, but I'm also looking forward to watching this bullpen. I think uh, seeing gas every night between Karen Shack, Classe, Stefan, and mm. even Brian Shaw, who's throwing 96 miles an hour. I am looking to – you know what? I am looking forward to the return of the Brian Shaw Wars on Twitter. Because <laughs> you, know, you know the first game he pitches in that he gives up runs, it's going to be, oh, this guy's washed up. Get rid of him. Why is he back? It will happen, but I'm looking forward to watching him pitch. I'm looking forward to this bullpen, and I am looking forward to minor league baseball the most because the Indians farm system is really fun. And if you want to read more about the Indians farm system, I have a site you should read. It's called IndiansBaseballInsider.com, where everybody who is joining the podcast today writes and has written about players, including prospects. And uh, you should go read and subscribe. You should follow everybody on Twitter. Uh, I'll give everybody, I'll give everybody's Twitter a shout out as the season starts, but uh, Joe is still at BRB baseball because he <laughs> refuses to change it. And that's fine. Uh, it's burning river BB. Willie is that <laughs> will uh, who 99 trying to look all this up as I'm doing this. Cause I was unprepared like usual. Uh, Spencer is S. Carlson 29. I am at JL underscore baseball. And Indians Baseball Insider on Twitter is at official underscore IBI. Thank you for listening. Go tribe for, I'm not going to steal Jeff Ellis's line, but go tribe for, we think a year, maybe two. But enjoy baseball season, everybody. 